Well, if you'll take your Bibles with me this morning, if you'll turn to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12, Hebrews chapter, chapter number 12, we're going to be in several passages of scripture today. We're going to be in Hebrews first. And I spoke to a pastor this past week. He asked me my thoughts. He said, how are how, in your opinion, do you think the church is doing, people in general are doing over this last year? And I shared with him my thoughts. And he said, you know, I've called a dozen or so pastors and asked them the same question, and all of them have the same answer. And I thought that was ironic. He shared with me the response that uh, he had received. And, you know, this, this last year, I believe in many cases, it's changed us. It really has. I think um, just from a difficult pandemic to a difficult political season, I believe it's affected our nation. I believe it's affected our churches. And I believe it's affected our spirit in a lot of cases. It's, I look at just the condition of our nation violence and hatred and fighting. I mentioned this to him as we spoke. It seems like people are just irritable and easily offended. I was watching a, a news clipping and uh, then reading a report. It said that aggressive driving and and uh, that type of behavior is up 40%. A fellow got out of a car with a man and two, two young children in the vehicle with him. And because of road rage, he got out of a car and began to beat on the car and beat on the windshield of the car while two young children were inside of that car just screaming and crying. I watched a clipping the other day, and you probably saw it as well in Chicago, where a mob of people pulled out uh, a man and a woman out of a car and put a gun right to him and shot him. This is our generation. This is our country. It's happening all around us. I believe that not only... Uh, this past year, how it's affected us. It's, they say domestic violence is up. Although it caused many times uh, families to, to be forced to be together in homes, there's divorces up. Fear is up, anxiety is up. Suicide is up. There's a, there's, a, there's a situation happening in our, in our generation, in our country, in our lifetime. And to be truthful, church, the, the world doesn't have the answers for it. But the Christian does. We have the word of God. We have the truth. If there's, just today, this morning, I, I want to, just share my heart with you as, as your pastor this morning. And I want us to, to, to just evaluate and look at our hearts. You know, the Bible 
tells us this, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, the, the fight, what we see and what we feel and what we're witnessing, it's a spiritual battle. Satan is doing everything he can to destroy humankind. The Bible tells us that he walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And you can't fight a spiritual fight in the flesh. It's impossible. A spiritual fight, a spiritual onslaught by the enemy can only be fought with the help and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We possess the Spirit of God. Those that have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. The power that's needed to combat Satan is inside of us, and he is victorious. So I want to just give you several thoughts here this morning, and I know we started just a few moments late this morning just because of some difficulties we were having, and so I, I want to I be right on time here this morning and I want you to look at me with me at Hebrews chapter number 12. If you go there with me, please. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 12. And I want you to see with me in verse number 15, the Bible says this, Hebrews 12, 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. That word defiled means spoiled. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, thereby being defiled. And there are several things I believe that we as a church, we as Christians, we must be free from in order for us to exhibit, in order for us to have that power that comes only from the Spirit of God. Because I believe this church, more than anything, we have the answer to the world's problems. But if we're not careful, we can get sucked into the world's problems and begin to be involved in the problems instead of showing them the solution to the problems. And the solution is Jesus Christ. We must be free. If you'll write these several things down, I want you to please take these. And I want us to evaluate our hearts this week. We need to be free from bitterness. We need to be free from bitterness. The Bible says here, it's springing up, trouble you. This root of bitterness. You know, all of us here in this room, we have reason to be bitter. Every single person in this room has been hurt. How many of you have been hurt in this room before? Somebody's hurt you. It's true. Every one of us have been offended. How many of you have ever been offended by someone in this room? Yeah. How many of you are going to not raise your hand no matter what I ask today? Yeah, that's what I thought. Every one of us, we've been hurt. Every single person in this room, you've been offended. And if not dealt with properly, there's a root that begins to form in your heart. I spoke to a pastor friend this past week, he called. 
he was having some issues and he said to me, he said, I'd like your advice. And I said, I don't know what kind of advice I can give you. He began to share something with me. And I said to him this, as he described the story, I said to him this, I said, you know, my friend, the problem you're dealing with isn't the problem. He said, it's not. I said, it's not. Because the problem seemed silly and insignificant, but was made such a big deal. I said, that, that I guarantee you, that's not the real issue. The real issue is deeper. And what happens so often in our life when bitterness gets into our hearts and bitterness gets into our lives, we start to see it or we start to look at it in different areas and we, we try to deal with that situation. But, but the fruit of bitterness, when we deal with that, we kind of deal with it, we clip it off. But the problem is this, that root is still there and it continues to come back. It continues to, to taint what we see and how we feel. And the Bible says it so well here. It says, it springs up, it troubles you. You know, bitterness is one of those things when it's not de dealt with correctly, it takes root in our heart. And every so often it begins to trouble us. Maybe it's something that happened as a child. Maybe it's something that happened in a, in a previous relationship. Or maybe it's something that happened and you've been holding on to at work and something for a, a period of time and it's not dealt with properly and it continues to spring up. When you think it's all settled, when you think you've got it under control, this bitterness springs up and it begins to trouble you. And the Bible says that it not only troubles you, it defiles you or it spoils you. It wrecks everything. Bitterness in the heart of a person, specifically a believer, bitterness in the heart of a believer will cause you so much trouble. It'll get you so sidetracked. It causes you to be different. You begin to behave with emotions. Your actions now, now that you begin to, to deal with, they, they, they're not rational anymore. Someone may evaluate and say, they're just different. There's just something different. You're not the same. And you're not the same because bitterness is set in. I, I see it in marriages. Bitterness sets in. In what once was a healthy, thriving marriage where people loved one another, something happened, a conflict happened, and bitterness got in, and it seems like they're not able to get through that bitterness. In what was once a healthy relationship is now spoiled. Remember when you got into your career and you loved your job, and everything was great with your job, and conflict came, a problem came. And it wasn't dealt with correctly. And now you dread going to the same place every day. It can be the same with church. What was once a place you loved to come to worship, conflict came or problems came, bitterness sets in and, and, and things are different now. The Bible warns us and tells us of this root of bitterness it changes everything about us. And my friend, we need to be sure that we are free from bitterness. That means this, we must have the Spirit of God go into a thorough cleaning of our heart and root up any bitterness that's there. Because bitterness defiles us. 
It spoils us. Secondly, I want you to see this as well. In 1 Corinthians 10, 10, the Bible says, neither murmurers, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Philippians 2.14 says this, do all things without murmuring and disputings. Go with me to the book of Ephesians, if you'll go there with me. Ephesians chapter number four. I want you to read this along with me. Ephesians 4, verse number 29. The Bible says this, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Let's read that again together. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Our speech has so much power. James talks about our tongue and, and here the apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he's warning them of any corrupt communication or complaining or murmuring. Let none of that come out of our mouth, but what should be coming out of our mouth is something that edifies. You know, the reality is this, it's easier to complain. How, how many of you, how many of you have ever complained before? There you go. Uh, yeah, that's right, Jacob, I know. How many of you ever complained? Yeah, that's true. We complain. How, how many of you ever been critical before? Yeah. Jacob's going to raise his hand on everything I ask today. I just know it. I just know it. But the Bible says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Our voice, our words are so important. What you said, the conversation that you had on the way to church, I know, I know every marriage, I know where you fight. In the car on the way to church every Sunday morning. It's where we fight. So what we did, my wife and I, we knew that, so we established it years ago, we take two separate cars to church. So we don't fight. We wait till we get home, and that's where we... But you know, you, you know this, it's happened to you, it's happened by you. You can literally have a day ruined because of words that were said. Because of words said. We'll go on vacation and my wife will say, we spent some time this past week together. We, we, um, uh, we're gonna go away for our anniversary and then my daughter went and graduated and had a birthday on the same week. And so we felt she was more important that, that week than our anniversary. So we put it off and we were going to go away. And then we decided we'll just stay and do some day trips. And we had some good time this past week. But we got in the car one day and I, I don't remember what it was. We got in the car one day and she said, you know, whatever was said, she said, it just kind of ruined the day. And, you know, we just had to stop for the moment and just consider words and consider things that were said. We have the power with our tongue to ruin days. How many of you know that old phrase, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me? How many of you ever, you learned that as a kid? 
How, how many of you realize this? That is not true. You know, I can remember just like you, I'm sure can remember as a kid, people saying things to you or something happening in it hurting your feelings. You know, there are so many people today as adults that are, are trying to get help and trying to recover and trying to get through things that happened to them as a child and happened to them as a teenager, a young adult, and it's still bothering them. Words that were said, parents, please understand this. The words that you say to your children will stay with them for all of their life. Those that are involved in lives and leading other people, what you say will stick with them. And Paul here is warning them, let no corrupt communication, don't let things that are negative, don't let things that are going to tear down someone, don't let gossip, don't let murmuring, don't let complaining come out of your mouth because what comes out of your mouth, it's powerful. But what he says is this, but let the things that come out of your mouth, let them edify, let it build up, let it, let it encourage, let it be grace unto the hearers. Oh, listen to me, church, I believe this. There's so much over this last year that has caused us to worry and caused us to fear and caused us to panic. But, but the, the things that ought to be coming out of the mouth of a Christian, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the environment is, what ought to be coming out of the mouth of a Christian is words of hope and words of peace and words of encouragement. Listen to me, every, every, every spouse, every relationship here today, if you're dating, if you're married, if you want to be dating, <laughs> what you ought to be doing is saying things that build up that person, encouraging them. I counseled not long ago a family. And the wife said to me this, she says, you know, I haven't heard my husband compliment me and I can't tell you how long. And I would say to you, husbands, tell your wives every day how beautiful they are. Tell your wife every day. Wives, tell your husbands every day how much you thank God for them. Encourage them. Speak life into them. Use your words to build up and edify when you go to work or in your neighborhood or those that you come in contact with, especially if they don't know Christ, especially if they're not of the body of Christ, use your words to point others to Jesus Christ. Don't get caught in the, the, the water cooler talk where we're complaining about everybody. Christians should never get caught in the middle of murmuring and complaining in the workplace about the boss and about the rules and about the issues and about the situation. When those things happen, you ought to be the one that speaks truth and encouragement in the lives of other people. So when they hear you, they hear something called grace coming from your lips. Go with me to Jude, if you would, please, Jude, toward the end of the New Testament. If you went to Revelation, you went one book too far. Jude, just one small chapter, verse number 16. Jude says this, these are murmurers, complainers. What are they walking after their own lust? 
and their mouth speaketh, speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Here, here Jude is saying this, our murmuring, our complaining, it's because of our own lust. It's because we're not getting what we want. It's because we're not getting our way. It's because life isn't the way we want it to, to be. So it comes out of our mouth what's in our heart. We need to be free from complaining. Listen to me this morning. We need to be free. We need to be free from bitterness. We need to be free from complaining. Complaining reveals our lust. Complaining and, and, and uh, murmuring reveals our selfishness. There was an entire nation, an entire group of people, an entire generation that was destroyed, that was killed there in the wilderness back in the Old Testament. Why? Because of murmuring and complaining. It was like God couldn't do enough. He frees them out of bondage, and that's not enough. He brings them across the Red Sea and, and delivers them uh, on the other side of the Red Sea, and that's not enough. He gives them food that comes from heaven each morning, and that's not enough. He gives them water to drink that comes from the rock, and that's not enough. He gives them a cloud by day to protect them and fire by night to guide them and protect them, and that's not enough. It's like God can't do enough, and they continue to say, look what I'm missing, and look what I don't have, and look where we're not at. And listen to me, Christian, today, an entire generation was killed off in the wilderness because of complaining. It's a critical spirit. A critical spirit attempts to find fault in everything. And I want you to know this this morning. If you want to find fault in something, you don't have to look very far. It's easy. But a Christian, a child of God that's filled with the Spirit of God, isn't looking to find fault. They're looking to build up with their words. You see, a critical spirit becomes blinding. A critical spirit, you can see the faults of everyone else, but you can't see them inside of yourself. Thirdly, I want you to Go with me to Revelation chapter 3. If you're in Jude, just a page or two over, Revelation chapter number 3. Everybody okay this morning? Free of bitterness. Free of complaining and murmuring. Go with me to Revelation chapter 3. Look with me in verse number 14. The angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the, the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. This is Jesus speaking to this church at Laodicea. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white remnant that thou mayest be clothed and that thou, the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. 
As many as I love, I rebuke and chase and be zealous, therefore. And Jesus says, repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in thy throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Would you write this down? Number three, be free from lukewarmness. You know, as you study and look at the effects over this last year, unfortunately, many have just gotten lukewarm. Many, they're not hot, they're not cold, they're just kind of lukewarm. Many got out of the habit of going to church, many got out of the habit of being involved in church. Now, after things have settled down, after things are kind of getting back to somewhat normal, you know what we're finding? Church is lukewarm. Listen to me, church, we see, we see that our country, we see that this generation, we are living in perilous times. We see anger and violence and murder and rage controlling this globe. We, we see, we see the, 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 the world leaders trying to find solutions to things and, and they're coming up empty every time. We're seeing the world filled with problems and right now is wrong and wrong now is right. We, we're witnessing in such a short amount of time, we're witnessing the most incredibly insane things happening in our society. We're seeing the wickedness of, wickedness of man. If you can think it, we're doing it. We're seeing it in our generation. You talk to some older people that, that grew up uh, uh, many decades, I was going to say centuries ago, but decades ago. Anybody in here grow up centuries ago? Decades ago, and they're saying the world is a different place. I looked up this morning and just looked at the highlights, and every single highlight on the news was just wicked murder and, and violence. And it was discouraging. In the church at Laodicea sits lukewarm. And oh, listen to me, church, we need to pray that God revives us. We need to have a fire once again inside of us. We, we, we don't need to be wishy-washy on, on what we believe and, and our stand on things. We need to stand for righteousness. We need to stand for godliness. We, we can't just go along to get along. There's got to be a difference. There's got to be a, a fire inside of us. We've got to get hot again once again for Christ. We've got to determine that we're going to raise godly children in our homes. Prayer and the Bible and the Word of God have to become a priority again. Souls needing the gospel has to become a priority again. 
We must get to the place back once again where we are passionate about, about the scripture. We're passionate about godly living. We're passionate about being light in a dark world. We're passionate about being that salt that this earth needs. We're passionate about biblical things. We're just to the place where what, what will be will be. You gotta get back to a place, as I preached last week, men, that you're living for righteousness and leading your homes. We've just fallen into a lukewarmness. We've fallen into, well, the world is getting worse and there's really nothing that we're going to be able to do. We're falling into this, this I just do what, what, what I, I, I have always done and oh, listen to me. We need to get back to the Bible. We need to get back to revival again. We need to get back to where Christianity is not just something we do for an hour on a Sunday morning, but it's how we live our lives. It's that we're truly following Jesus Christ, that he, his spirit is leading us and guiding us and we're yielded to the spirit of God, that there's something different when a Christian is involved. And oh, listen to me, I know, I know that it would be easy as Christians today just to kind of go back in, in, in hide and hide and just stay out of the limelight. But listen to me, the, the world is getting worse and, and, and we're living in perilous times. And if, if there's not a time, if there's not a better time for light to shine when it's the darkest of seasons, when it's the darkest of nights, that's when the light ought to shine the brightest. And we're dim. We're dim. In church, we need to search our hearts today. Is there bitterness? Is there complaining? Is there a critical spirit? Is there lukewarmness? We need to do what Philippians 2.5 says this. Put on the mind of Christ. Let me read this and I'll be finished this morning. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. We must get back to the Bible. Selfless living, servant living, humility, obedient to the will of God. We must have the mind of Christ. We're here in this generation. None of us are here by mistake. God didn't put you in the wrong place at the wrong time. He put you here in this generation. He placed you here in this church. He placed you there in your home. He put you with your spouse. He gave you your parents. He gave you your children. And it's time for us to say, God, I'm gonna be free from bitterness. I'm gonna be free from complaining. I'm gonna be free from selfless live, uh, selfishness. I'm gonna be free from being lukewarm. And I'm going to put on the mind of Christ and I'm going to live in the power of the Spirit of God. Let's determine today that as we're watching things in this world get worse, that we are not going to be conformed to this world, but transformed by renewing of our mind so that we can live a godly, righteous, 
holy life, making a difference in this generation. How many of you today want to make a difference in your generation? I do. Would you pray with me this morning? Let's stand together. Father, break our cold hearts. Lord, if there's a root of bitterness in anyone's heart here today, if there's someone right now, when we even mention that word bitterness, that our mind goes back to a situation, a person, a conflict. Lord, we need your grace. We need your help. We need your strength to pluck that root out of our hearts so that we don't continue to make decisions based upon emotion. Lord, if there's words that have come out of our mouth that have discouraged others, Lord, if there's a a spouse here in this room today that their words are discouraging, if there's a parent, if a child, their words have been used as weapons, Lord, I pray today that you would break our heart, that we would repent of this. And you would turn our critical mouth and our critical speech into words of grace. Teach us kindness. Lord, help us to be biblical and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ has forgiven us. Lord, I know there's some, because I'm guilty of this all too often, just lukewarm. Lord, may we not be at church today because of habit. May we not be at church today. It's just because of what, this is what we do. But may we be here today because we want to hear from you. We want your spirit to work. We want your spirit to move. We want you to convict us. We want you to encourage us. We want you to mold us into the image of your son. We want you to do a great work. We've come to worship you and lift our voices to you and praise you. We've come to be encouraged to go out, to be an army of soldiers, to share the good news of the gospel. We've come to be recharged and energized and to be the light. So Lord, if we're lukewarm, we repent. We want your mind. We're busy. There's a lot of things that we're dealing with. Lord, some we've lost our first love. And again, Lord, we repent. And we pray that you would give us grace and show us mercy. Raise us up. Revive us. With heads bowed and eyes closed there for a moment. Church, how's your heart? Is there any root of bitterness? How's your speech? Is there any complaining or murmuring? 
How's your walk with the Lord? How eager are you to get into the word? How's your prayer life? How's your communing with the Lord? How's your, how's your life of witnessing and sharing the gospel? How are you with sin? Are you comfortable? Maybe there's something right now in your life that you're just, you know you're too comfortable with because you're lukewarm. When's the last time the Spirit of God convicted you? When's the last time the Spirit of God moved you? Are you lukewarm? Jesus said, repent. Repent. Oh, listen to me. We have excuses why we could be this way, church. We've lived at a time that's very divisive. We've lived in a time where leadership has failed us. And we've lived in a time where we question everything. We, we live in a time where, where we're not even sure what truth is at times anymore. We, we don't even know what to believe anymore. But oh, listen to me, Christian. We believe God's word. We believe his son. We believe the truth of the scripture. Let's not let this world get us to the place of discouragement and defeat. And it gets us to a place where we're spoiled and defiled. Useless. But let's stay on fire for God. I wonder if there's one here today that would say this, I need to be saved. I need to trust Christ as my savior. I, I don't know where I'm gonna spend eternity. Before you leave here today, we want you to know this, that God loves you. And that God sent his son to die on the cross. That he went to the cross, he took your sin debt, he took every sin you ever committed and he shed his blood as a payment for your sin. And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. He went to that grave. He, three days later, he rose again, conquering death. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he died for your sins? Do you believe that he was placed in that grave and he rose again? The Bible says if you repent, turn from your sin and trust Christ, believing that he's the son of God, believing that he paid your sin debt, whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I wonder if there's one here today that you'd say this, I need to trust Christ as my savior today. I need to be saved. For you, this path of renewal and revival must start with a relationship with Christ. Is there one here today you would say, pray for me today. I need to trust Christ as my savior. I need to be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Is there one today you would say, pray for me, please. I need Christ 
as my Savior today. Is there one like that? Would you just slip your hand up, slip it back down? I just want to pray with you. Anybody? Christian? There in an attitude of prayer, how many would say this? I need a spirit of revival. I've let bitterness slip in. I've let complaining slip in, murmuring slip in. I'm lukewarm. I'm not serving like I used to. I don't have passion like I used to. I'm not witnessing like I used to. I'm not praying like I used to. I'm lukewarm. And I want to be free from that today. And right now, here in this place, I'm asking God to revive my heart. Give me a spirit of revival once again to live a life pleasing to him, free from bitterness, free from complaining, free from being lukewarm. I want to have passion once again as a child of God. If that's you today, would you raise your hand with me? Would you leave that up as we go to the throne room of grace? Father, you see these hands. Lord, we lift these hands up acknowledging there's areas in our life that must change. There's areas in our life that are keeping us from doing the will of the Father. There's areas of life that right now that we are just comfortable and just going through the motions. Lord, that bitterness and that complaining, it's affecting relationships. It's hurting us. That lukewarmness is affecting our relationship with you and it's, it's spoiling us. It's hurting us. Lord, today with upraised hands, we're acknowledging this in our life and we're doing as Christ said in Revelation, we're repenting. We're turning from it. We're asking you to give us grace. We're asking you to give us strength. We're asking you to show us mercy. Lord, help us to live a life pleasing to you. Lord, may we leave here today as an army of soldiers to do your work, to be light and to be salt in a world that needs Christ. So make us different. Give us your mind. May we think like Christ, humble, obedient, doing the will of the Father. Forgive us where we fail. Encourage us and strengthen us and make us different, we pray. And we'll thank you for it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, church, for being here today. You are dismissed. I pray you have a wonderful afternoon.